Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. NARC stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, and you can find me on my website, NARC Troopers. You can follow me on this podcast, and you can also follow and subscribe to my articles on Medium. So, check them out if today's Um, podcast resonates with you because there's a lot more where this came from. Today's topic is, yeah, you guessed it, fool. I'm a fool for you, baby. Silly goose, you thought you could love a disordered partner back to wellness? Ha! A fool, by definition, is a person who acts unwisely or imprudently a silly person. And we all do foolish things, but it's something else altogether when a person is defined as a fool. Within weeks after my husband suddenly discarded me, I received a text with a message with one word. Yep, the word said, fool. Considering the amount of pain that I was suffering at the time, it made everything just a tiny bit worse. Imagine a person who has just received a gunshot wound to the chest and is bleeding out, standing knee-deep in a pool of blood, and then someone comes along with a really sharp piece of paper and just starts slicing their fingers. Well, the intention is to cause that person injury, The effect is that you look at the paper cut with the little traces of blood coming to the surface and, you know, the other hand is grasping and clutching at your chest, trying to press on the major arteries that are gushing. So you throw your head back and laugh at the futility of an assault by paper cut. I mean, comparatively speaking, come on, you know. Can't you see I'm dying here? Can't you see I have an open gash in my chest the size of Texas? What do you think this paper cut's going to do to me? Really? Is that all you've got? Call me a fool? (laughs) Well, I know I'm a fool. And so what? You know, um, they write songs about it, right? I'm a fool for love. And so (laughs) I'm not the only one. You know, in retrospect, I'm sure it was one of his new girlfriends who had 
bought into the narrative that I had treated him badly and he was the victim. You know, that's what they do. That's the narrative that they spin. He probably told her that I was crazy. I was so much older. I was ugly and saggy and repulsive and cringeworthy to think about any of it. You know, she probably looked into his playful green bedroom eyes and bought the whole thing hook, line, and sinker without ever meeting me or knowing me or speaking to me or probably even seeing a picture of me. I thought to myself, okay, your turn now. <laughs> Go ahead. Enjoy it while you can. Guess who's going to be the new fool? Who knows? It could be months. It could be years, but it will come. So why do we beat ourselves up so much and feel so foolish when we understand on a very logical, cognitive, and rational level that what we have experienced was not due to any fault of our own. We were not the masters of design in this crazy story. As caring, compassionate people, we allowed ourselves to be vulnerable, and we simply fell in love. Granted, it was with the wrong person, Maybe our picker's broken, but you know, just the fact that we can and do fall in love, real love, unlike the narcissist who's incapable of any of that. Well, you know, that's something. You know, we saw all the signs that, that something was wrong, and yet we remained in the relationship long after we should have left. You know, people who have been through the cycles of abuse that vacillate between happiness and horror, those same people have a great deal of difficulty accepting that they got played and didn't have the strength to walk away when they suspected it. But there are a lot of reasons for that, and none of them have anything to do with foolishness. So let's take a deep dive into the pool of delusion. It's a good starting place. One of the first rules of healing is to accept the reality of what has happened. And what has happened in a relationship with a narcissist, person with antisocial personality disorder, or a psychopath? What, what has happened there? Well, they were never real. Let's just start with that. They were never real. They never loved you. The life that you had with them, it was all a lie. When you're in a relationship with one of these cluster B type people and you're living in, in some shared fantasy, it seems like everything is just hunky-dory, peachy keen, tickety-boo, but it's not. It's, it's not. They have brainwashed you to believe that they are everything you ever wanted, but in reality, you have both gone down the rabbit hole. And while part of them is probably, um, you know, uh, uh, knows, they probably know, right? That they know that they are in a rabbit hole. I think they do. Uh, most of them, I think, at least know that. They don't maybe understand why or what's wrong with them, but they know they're not like other people. They know that they are very different. Um, but, you know, even if, if they do recognize it for what it is, uh, you don't. 
I guarantee you, you don't. Or if there's flags that are waving and you're ignoring them, you don't put it together. You don't connect the dots. You don't notice because you're so gobsmacked by their weapons of mass seduction. It becomes easier and easier to surrender and submit. Before long, you're lost. You've given every piece of yourself to them and you have sacrificed every relationship in your life for them. And the two of you, you dance the wicked dance of delusion. All the red flags surround you and they're just waving like crazy, yet you cannot even see them. You turn your face away and press it up against their shoulder as you spin and twirl in the clouds of Never Never Land. It is madness. It is maniacal. It's manipulation. And you know, it's murder. You'll understand that after the discard in the different ways that you are murdered. Lots of different ways. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically murdered. So let's talk about a tragic faith in the power of love to heal. A lot of us think that. I thought I was a healer. I thought I had some kind of healing super mojo or something and that I could just love somebody back into wellness. And you know, I have no idea why I would think that because I couldn't do that for my mother. She was the beginning of it all. She was the root of it all. I couldn't do it for her. I couldn't do it for my first husband. He was not okay mentally, had some profound mental illness as time went on. Couldn't do it for the second relationship in my life. Couldn't help him. And then number three comes along. This is number three. My second husband uh, is number three and, and I couldn't do it for him either. 16 years. I thought I was doing it. I thought I was winning, winning. Look at this. He's turning to a really normal, mostly normal, just kind of eccentric and quirky and a little bit creepy, but pretty normal neurotypical kind of guy. And that was the furthest thing from the truth. Empathic people who couple and partner with disordered mentally ill individuals, you know, they often have almost a childlike belief that they can just love them enough and then everything's going to be okay. Our eyes are filled with stardust as we gaze at what appears to be the most perfect partner we have ever encountered. And as this golden glittery illusion fades and the devaluation stage of the narcissistic cycle begins, we react with dumb disbelief that this perfect person could be so cold and sarcastic, passive aggressive and mean, dishonest and deceitful, not to mention just downright ruthless. Um, it's, we can't even believe it. How could this be? We ask ourselves, what does this mean? Well, it must just be a bumpy spot. That's what we tell ourselves. Every relation has those, right? Every relationship has bumpy spots. And then we minimize it and we dismiss it kind of like, you know, it's all going to be okay. It's all good. It's all good. I got this. I got this. Unconditional love means that we stand by our partner no matter what. It, you know, that is the definition of unconditional love. 
we sacrifice, we maintain blind devotion, we never give up and walk away. We hope for them, we pray for them, we forgive them. So even if they are sick or broken or damaged, we keep fighting for them and defending them and making excuses for them and sheltering them. You know, uh, they're, 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 you know, <laughs> what can I say? They're, they have like a sad little child in them. And so you want to, you know, it's like that little child falls down. You want to help them up. But, but they, when they wound you, you, you look the other way, like, you know, they're just, they're wounded too. And like, you know how an, a wounded animal is going to be fierce and they're going to scratch and hiss and bite and spit and, um, you know, tear and whoever's trying to help them. So we kind of look at them as like, oh, they're hurt and injured. That's why they're being so crazy. But here is the tragedy, my friends. All the love in the universe can never restore what they lost, what they did to themselves to silence their suffering all those years ago. And without that core, without that center of their being, they are only hollow and empty shells of who they once were. Their real true self is gone. And it's been gone so long since they were so young, they don't ever remember having it. You are trying to revive a dead thing. And one thing is for certain, no one can bring back the dead. No one can bring back the dead. What about a lack of boundaries due to a traumatic past? You know, everybody has some degree of trauma. Some people clearly have more than others. Oftentimes when people experience this, these childhood injuries, they develop, they develop abandonment issues, attachment disorders, all kinds of fun stuff like that. Instead of murdering our authentic selves and adopting a false persona as the person with narcissistic personality disorder does, our reaction to trauma looks a little different. We may develop codependency that does not allow us to establish healthy boundaries with others. We open ourselves up completely vulnerable, splayed out for all to see. And in that condition, we are defenseless. We rarely, if ever, say no, right? You know, we never say no. We become enablers and co-conspirators by making excuses and rationalizing the insanely destructive things that, that they do. And as we lose our innocence, we lose ourselves. What identity we had becomes obscured beneath the shadow of their largesse and grandiosity. The harder we fight, the more they slip away. Like any drowning person, all too often they take you down with them. And you know, you, you will drown trying to save them and they cannot be saved. They are already lost and replaced with something else that is just a pitiful attempt to appear alive and vibrant and animated, but it's all a facade, a false 
exterior that is resurrected to cover up the nothingness that dwells within. So let's talk about the fluffy room. <laughs> this will is, is sort of interesting. I have a friend who works in a facility for special needs kids. They're, I think, ages like four or five, up to maybe 18, almost 20 years old. She has traded in grading essays for other more interesting challenges. She used to be an English teacher with me because I'm an English teacher. Um, and her definition of a good day is when nobody tries to lick her or nobody tries to lick the floor or the doorknobs or each other. And some of them do that. A bad day is when somebody has to get sent to the fluffy room, the fluffy room. And what is the fluffy room, you may ask? The fluffy room is sort of this place in the school that has padded walls and a spongy floor, uh, soothing lights, soft music, no sharp objects. You get the picture. And you go into that place for a sort of a timeout to regulate yourself a little bit hopefully uh when you're having trouble self-regulating and they put you in the room so that you can do what you need to do you know after a while now i'm going to make a comparison here after a while a person in a relationship with a person with npd is going to be ready for this fluffy room and they may never be able to get out of the fluffy room the person with npd brings their partner into a shared fantasy that is actually a kind of shared mutual psychosis. It's delusional, guys. It is psychotic. Psycho, that's where that word comes from. Both partners are delusional, not just your narcissist. By the time you spend any significant amount of time with them, you're joined into this fantasy experience with them and you become as delusional as they are. Well, maybe not quite as delusional, but you become delusional, even a little narcissistic yourself and exploitative and manipulative and all of that in denial. The narcissist uses his partner as a playmate uh, and, and a provider and a parent. There is an incestuous component as the narcissist enacts forbidden relations with the mother or father figure, which is you. They parentify you. That's the word for it. Um, they parentify you and then they punish you for being their mother or father who did bad things to them. The victim becomes sicker and weaker and deeper in the uh, illusory interaction. And you don't realize um, that you just, you don't know what's happening to you, that you're dealing with something like this. What you're really dealing with is a petulant, spoiled and sadistic child, not an adult in a normal, healthy relationship. They may be, fooled into thinking they are part of something wonderful 
maybe even their dream come true. They can do that kind of thing with themselves, you know, um, but what they cannot see that they have been, um, what you can't see is that you've been injected with a kind of paralytic poison, kind of like spiders do to their prey. And it causes magical thinking and stuff that's not real. And that you are participating in a gruesome and macabre dance of death. Since the narcissist will eventually become mortified and cycle through the relationship to the inevitable end, which is always, always, always a very brutal and abrupt discard. They're going to kick you to the curb. Their partner victim will never know what hit them. And you're never going to see it coming either. It's just wham, bam. Whoa, what was that? Where did that come from? So my last little chapter here, I want to tell you is that mama didn't raise no fool. Mama didn't raise no fool. But in all truth, I think she probably did. We like to think she didn't, but I think she did. Uh, most people who do not run for the exit when the narcissist begins to weave their lethal web have been groomed for their that job description since birth. Think about it. Neurotypical folks who have a whole and healthy sense of self do not allow people like this malignant um malignant, toxic, dysfunctional, mentally ill people to hijack their lives. They don't. They get away if they're, if they're a normal person. They don't allow themselves to be hijacked or hypnotized or brainwashed or any of that. And, and then just to be spit out and, and discarded, you know, which is the ending. So when everybody in your world, um, when everybody points a judgmental finger in your direction and they shake their head and they whisper vicious things about you, just know that, you know, they don't know what has happened. You are recovering from something that is like being in a cult where you have to deprogram and you've got all kinds of stuff going on. If other people don't get that, that's on them. It's not your job to try to explain it to them. They won't believe you if you tell them. This stuff is unbelievable. So they don't know what, what you know and what you have experienced as a captive in this sadistic, sick version of the devil's own theme park. You know, it's like Disneyland on crack or something. Um, your relationship, it was never real. And you can't just get over something like that, that challenged your very identity and existence in ways that no one else is going to know that unless they experience it themselves. The hostage situation, the abduction and brainwashing into the cult of the narcopath, well, the complete whole body and soul damage that they do when they completely annihilate you and erase you and erase your very existence. Well, these are things that only a survivor can understand or describe or know. And if you're not, if you haven't been through this, then it's unbelievable. You're, you're not going to get it. It helps to know what they are. You need to know that. It helps to educate yourself to know what happened, to understand the ones who destroyed you. It helps to know why they must always do what they do. 
And then in the end, you have to remember that's how they're programmed. That's how their brain damaged brain works. And you can't change that. You're not a brain surgeon. You don't have some magic microchip. You're going to slip into their brain. That's suddenly going to reboot everything and make them normal. You don't have that. (laughs) You don't. And so, um, you know, you were never just a fool who got played by a player. What a ridiculous assumption made by those who have no freaking clue what has really happened here. The true fools are the ones who do not understand or believe what narcissistic abuse is or what it does to the victims. So that's the message today uh, is that you're not a fool. You're not a fool. What has happened is so unbelievably, fantastically insane that it's not even playing by the regular rule book. It's something else in its own category. You're not foolish. You just made a bad choice and then you got stuck and you couldn't get out through no fault of your own, you know, uh, and, and then things went, went very badly. And now you're trying to get up and get on your feet and get on with your life and make sense of all of it and make peace with it and accept it. And you're going to have to do that for yourself because they're never going to offer you that. They're not capable of so many things. And they're certainly not capable of helping you uh, let them go. You have to understand what they are and you have to accept that they are mentally ill people with damaged brains that are or they just can't be what they need to be to be like a real human with real feelings and real relationships. They can't do it. And it doesn't matter if you're Benny Hinn or, or mother Teresa or any of those super healers, you know, that just put the hands on you and boom, you're healed. You know, it doesn't matter because why there's no hope for that. There's no hope for that because you know, they're not well people. They're just not. So uh, let's keep that in mind, troopers, and try to keep our perspective so that um, we can get better and not be just clinging on to the past and holding on to something that doesn't exist. Okay. Bye-bye. Y'all have a great week. Break all the rules for you. I'm a fool for you.